Hi everybody, this is While I Talk with Will and Dan. I'm Dan Ryan. I'm Will Newer. And we have somebody else with us. It's not even Mosquito Dave. No. Jason. Jason The guy that Will Freed. wants to hate, but he really can't. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. I almost it. wore a t-shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> we're on episode 12. Uh, you're just our second guest, but we're, we're very happy to have you. Jason uh, works for Leisure Outdoors Adventures. Yep. You're the president of Leisure Outdoors Adventures. Yep, those correct? guys, uh, they, they one time uh, made a picture of my face on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they affectionately like to call me the president. But really all my job is is I uh, I pretty much manage the guide service and everybody's calendars and right. book the trips. You and do a lot of the like tough part of the Yeah, whole, I do. And know. the accounting and the, right. uh, yeah, no, it, uh, it's, I spend a day on the water and I look at my phone and there's like eight to ten voicemails and, mm. That's get the back other part of the, the job. to the camper, and I got an hour and a half of phone, phone work, work, phone talk. To you, so. <laughs> but uh, no, it's fun. Leisure Outdoors is a, sort of a regional guide service, right? You've got work in the Brainerd Baxter area, Leech Lake, Malax, up to Bemidji too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we cover a pretty big area. You know, like one, yeah, one of our guides, Aaron Murphy, for example, he's a Grand Rapids guy, and so he fishes Winnie and Pacagama and you know all the kind of the areas in between. And then you know we've got. Uh, we do some work up at Bemidji. We fish on Cass Lake, a couple of resorts there we work with. And obviously a large, large footprint is, is on Leech Lake. And then yeah, it's sort of the home base. Yeah, it's kind of our home base. That's kind of where it all started. And then, um, you know, four of us are from Brainerd and Baxter. And so we uh, – actually, five of us are from Brainerd and Baxter. And so we fish some of those lakes down there, but we like to fish on Mille Lacs. I actually got a trip out there tomorrow. Ooh, so right. I'm actually really – Stoked it's gonna about be fun that. to just go yeah. pluck them. Yeah. and so, you don't have to clean fish at the end of it. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So unless they want to go catch rock bass, and that could be another ball game. But yeah, no, we cover we cover a really big area, and that's uh, can be a challenge, but can also be a lot of fun too. Oh yeah. Oh, you can go chase the bite then. You know, yep. if you cover that big of an area, that's got to be great for sure. Just have that flexibility. A um, little bit of background about you besides fishing. I know you you're a teacher. Yep. In the Brainerd Baxter area. And a football coach, right? Yep. Yeah. So I've been uh, I've been up here now for going on year twelve, and I uh, teach in the Brainerd, Brainerd School District high school social studies teacher, uh, which always comes into play because I can tell stories in the boat. Oh yeah, that's tell great. Stories. Oh, nice. I always get that history buff every now and then. You know, <laughs> sure. it's going to try to challenge me with like, <laughs> trivia or whatever. And uh, so yeah, I teach uh, teach high school kids, which is always a, a an interesting job. And then I uh, coach football in the fall. And so once about middle August comes, I pretty much got to slow down yeah. the guide season right and uh, put the boat uh put the pads on yeah put the boat on the trailer for about most of the week then go fishing on the weekends more for fun which is kind of the fun part i think to go fish for fun in the fall and more so and then i don't guide as much but uh but the fun part about teaching is it kind of goes hand in hand with being a fishing guide yeah, absolutely for sure. you know, like there's a lot of Dan there's, is too. there's quite a few of us out there you know i mean one the season lines up yep and then a, a, i mean a big part about being a guide in my opinion is being able to teach people how to do things. Yep. And then also just being able to interact with people for long periods of time. Also, like even Will. Will works at a sporting goods store. Yep. He's interacting with people all the time. That's, I think, a good characteristic to have in a guide is right. somebody who can. If you are a hermit, like who's going to want to sit in a boat with you for five, four hours? If you're going to sit there and like, oh, uh, the guy's on my spot. Uh. They're out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. They have to rely like 100% completely on the outcome of the fishing trip, right. you know, not the storytelling, not anything else. It's you guys take fishing. care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, personality is big. I mean, you got to be able to relate with people. And I think as, as a teacher or educators, you obviously have to relate with kids and other yeah. teachers all day long for nine months. And so, uh, 
I think hopping in the boat with somebody for four hours is a, a pretty simple task. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the best part is I don't have to correct any test. When I'm done. <laughs> and I don't have to, you know, kick kids out. And right. uh, although I probably had a couple guide trips where I could maybe, you know, one time I had a guy jump out of my boat really? during a bachelor party. He jumped out of he jumped boat? out of my boat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got him in the boat, and I proceeded to put him, like, in a timeout. Like, sure. I put him in the this corner your of the boat, corner. and I said, you will not leave. And, and he literally put his head. I should have had one of those dunce hats. I could just put it right on him. But, uh, so, no, but it goes hand in hand. And, I, it's like I said, the seasons line up, and it's just a lot of, it's a whole lot of fun just to take people fishing. And it's gratifying when you actually, you teach them how to lindy rig. Yeah. You know, with a big minnow or something like that. Sure. And, and they for about an hour, they go, like, they think the minnow is the fish biting, you know. <laughs> right. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, that was a bite. Yeah. You know, and then once they figured it out, it's just fun to watch the light bulb come on. So it's just like teaching a kid. Oh, and you sure. could see, like, if you just, you, well, as a guy, you're watching rods and faces. You're watching, you're watching people, like, fish. And, like, when you see people get bit, a lot of, like, you could see it in their face. They're, like, they get that super excited look, and they're, like, is this it? Is this my chance? You know? Yep. It's, uh, that's pretty gratifying i Absolutely. love doing that the only thing i haven't incorporated into guiding yet is motivational speeches you know as a football Ooh, coach sure. you know, you try to get <laughs> so i need to maybe that. start doing like some motivational speeches right at with the people. beginning yeah just you know like play on i have the tiger like you know <laughs> hey, get it all fired people all fired up and you know jacked up and face paint you know and do all this stuff and uh and then just go fishing you know that's a great idea <laughs> oh. so but no otherwise like, i live in baxter and uh I said I live up in Walker pretty much most of the summer. I've been living in Walker since uh, June 4th. I think I've gone home twice, yeah. turn and burn trips. And so that's tough. So I miss my family quite a bit. But uh, I got two girls at home. I got a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a wife who's also a teacher. And and so that works out well. And uh, How many dogs? Got one. I, we, we share something in common. We both have golden doodles. Oh, my. That thing. I don't know how yours is. But mine is dumb as a bag of hammers. Okay, she is the most. You got the cuddly, run to litter. She's the most cuddly dog and like the most delightful. But as soon as like you start trying to teach her something, she does the opposite. You know, and that's probably on me. But it's very frustrating. Very. Well, our dog. We get. We got her. I was telling Dan before you came that we. Uh, the reason why we got our dog was because of fishing, because we did well in the tournament, and so my daughter equated that if we won. We win money, which then we could go buy a dog. Sure. Ah. And so uh, make a dog out of a fishing tournament. Exactly. And you just get a bright daughter. I know. <laughs> this is like a long con for her. She like yeah. had put some thought into. She it. did, and uh, so I remember we didn't do very well in the first tournament, the Leech Lake tournament, and then we went out and got fourth, I think it was, in the AIM tournament. And she proceeded to then put a list of reasons why we needed a dog. And now that I had the money to afford the dog. <laughs> and so, so our, our dog is actually named, she's named Lindy after Lindy. Oh, oh very so nice. A little fishing correlation yeah, there. So, that's great. But, uh, yep. So that's, that's, a, a, that's a great dog name. It's a great I, dog name. I broke my buddy's heart because uh, my good buddy Matt Homer, the guy I fished the Leech Lake tournament with, he had Lindy picked as his, his yellow lab's name. And I'm like, dude, the Jason Freed has a dog named Lindy. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Need to do it. Oh. Well, I didn't think Jig Rap or Rapla or Have you seen Snap that? Rap would be a good name. So. Did you see the meme? Uh, oh, it's funny. It's a picture of a dad and his son sitting on a, on a dock. And the quote is like, Dad, why did you name uh, my sister Rose? And uh, the dad says, well, your mom's favorite flower is Rose. Why do you ask, Jigging Rap? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sent that to me, and I once started crying. Yeah. Oh, that was funny. Perfect segue, because our content for the weekend, we're, we are, or for the week, 
we are going to do the weekend preview review as usual, but um, this is going to be the jig and wrap episode. This is it. So who wants to do, like, just in case nobody is, if somebody's not familiar at all, somebody wanted to do a breakdown of just, like, what a jigging wrap is, how it made its way into our tackle box in the summer. You want to do it, Will? Well, words are hard for me, but I'll give it a shot. Um, so it's an it's originally designed as an ice fishing lure, and it comes in all sorts of different sizes. Um, but they go from a 2 to a 9. And it's a long, slender, like, cylindrical body with a fin on the back and a hook in the front, hook in the back, and hook... A treble hook underneath that swivels. Um, and it's designed for vertically jigging. Uh, that's what it's originally designed for. Um, it's, I believe it started out east, out on the Great Lakes, that they started using them in the summertime. Um, and what they do is they, the way I use it anyhow, and is it's, it, to be clear, it's all lead. So it like is, our, it's heavier than hell. The sizes we use, I think you're probably the same, sevens and nines. Sevens and nines. Sevens yep. and nines are, I think the seven is like three quarters of an ounce and yep. a nine is seven eighths of an ounce yep. or something. It's just like under that. an ounce, I think. So yep. really, really heavy baits. Not right. a not a crankbait. And it's not like a regular <laughs> in, in the way it works, it's not like a regular jig where it just goes up and down. When it comes up, it dart like the fit on the back makes it you know change directions as it's going you know if you jig it just straight up and down over the side of your boat it will just do a kind of a figure eight is how it kind of how it kind of runs um and the whole i guess the the reason that this thing works is it it creates more of a reaction bite you know um but if you guys want to go onward about more jig wraps go ahead sure had, had you heard the same thing about the Great Lakes? Because I thought yeah. the Lindeners had a, a bigger mm. part in it. Well, Chad Benson's the one who brought it over to this part of the no world. No way. Yeah. So I, I had heard there was a river, one of the river systems out east. Um, I don't know if it was like the Detroit River or – and I remember the kind of guy's name now, and, and I can't remember off the top of my head. But they, from what I've been told, is he was kind of this – I wish I could remember his name. But um, he was kind of the guy that started doing it in tournaments. Oh, okay. And that's where it seems like tournaments seem like – that's where guys think really think outside the <laughs> yeah, box. for sure. And We're, come up with some of these crazy things. For sure. And um, but I also have heard, you know, connections with the lenders okay. and, and um, them using them and such. And, I mean – other guys as well i'm sure I'll, it's kind of sure like, lots of people have claimed it yeah well that's probably new, new, yeah. i remember that time i avoided the snowboard yeah. <laughs> it's probably somebody who forgot their tackle box but had their ice fishing yeah, box with right? them and Could said i'll be. just try this and uh but yeah in terms of the origins i think there's it's kind of uh hit or hit or miss as to where it all started but sure. but like we mentioned it last week if you're not doing it yet, you you need you, have to. you need to be doing it. It and, is a deadly weapon in your tackle. And box. you need to maybe grind out a couple days where you don't do well. Yep. Like you should just have it sitting in the corner, ready to fish every day you're out there, and just give it five or ten minutes. And I guarantee you, in a year, you will you will fish it almost every day you're out on the water. Yep. Besides maybe May. You know, when I first started you know, try them out. It was one of those things, like you were saying, you kind of get frustrated because you don't mm-hmm. quite have it figured out. And it's like anything, you know, you want to try this bait. I also, every summer I'm like, I'm going to try right. this. Right. I'm going to try this for walleyes. I'm going to try a spoon. I'm going to try something. And, but then you try it for five minutes and you don't catch fish. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was telling you, like, if you can like know where there's a pot of fish and just drop it down. And once you catch two or three fish, then all of a sudden you start getting the, right. you know, the whole thing. The and so it's like anything. Once you get confident, that's why we all have things that we're really good at and things that we're not good at just because we want to be confident mm-hmm. with those. And jigging wrap is, like, is that way. You know what I'm really good at? Catching fish with a June bug jig. <laughs> Nailed it! There's a bag of them sitting on the table. Ooh. I'm actually holding one right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's beautiful. And, uh, it is kind of a thing of beauty. 
you know, but it is funny how it makes its way into the podcast every, every week. Time. Unreal, huh? Ooh, man. <laughs> um, do you want to do, Jason, a breakdown of, like, how you rig a rod? Like, what rod, yep. what, what line, everything? And then I'll maybe talk my jig stroke compared to what yep. you do to it. So I've learned a lot from that because when I first started using jigging wraps, I was using uh, too heavy of a rod maybe. or Actually, I think one of the biggest things is too heavy of a reel. Because it's because when you hold when you're holding that thing oh, yeah. for a long period of time, it's, it's your your hand. It's mm-hmm. almost like carpal tunnel. Sure. Like I remember the first summer we were using it, and uh, I remember like your arm. You get down at the end of the day, and your arm would be sore. Like <laughs> like okay, you've been this, fishing muskies for you know, eight hours. But, but then you start learning like maybe I'm not I'm not doing it right. Right. You know. And so like so what I've learned over time is the the right equipment is huge. Like to have the right reel along with the right action rod. You know, sure. so I use like, I typically use like a medium fast action rod. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got, I've used all different kinds of rods, but I usually, I just, I'm a fan of a guy like you. Mm-hmm. And so I've got a couple HMGs that I like. Sure. And I think that having that soft tip, a fairly oh. soft tip is pretty important. I think so too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and I use, and then I use either like a 25 series yep. reel um, along with that, but I'm a braid guy. Mm-hmm. And I know like linders, they swear Heavy by mono. It's Heavy all mono. mono. It's all mono, but they're for me. I use like a ten pound, either like a Power Pro or a Suffix, and then I and then I'm not a swivel guy either. Yeah, you do like a, a W uni or, or just a, I use that or just a, I mean years ago I had a guy teach me just he calls like a surgeon's knot, but sure. it's simple, just a simple way to you know put two lines together. And I just don't like the swivel a because I forget about it and I reeled up into my eyelid, mm-hmm. or I make too long of a of a lead and then i got this like four foot lead i'm trying to cast out there (laughs) and uh so i and i like i just way i like it and then i like to braid because i like to feel the fish hit it when it falls okay sure and so like when you you're ripping that thing and then it's falling all of a sudden you you feel the tick yep you know time to set the hook you know i do think maybe you do lose if you're a fish but i think what's important is when you're when you are jigging it if you have your drag set just right you'll hear that drag sure and i think if you're hearing that drag do you have enough and that's where the fast action rod. So you got yep. a softer tip. Yep. You can feel the drag. And then I don't think you lose. I, I actually think the fish you lose oftentimes is because the fish are just these smaller hooks. The sure. fish are shaking their heads. Yep. And know. everything's rigid. Besides yep. that treble, the whole bait is really rigid. Correct. You know, which I think. There's no general, play. Yeah. There's no play. They, that makes it easier for yep. them to throw. So I do know a guy. Uh, I'll, I won't say his name because I don't want to embarrass the guy, but. <laughs> He actually, when he sets the hook into a jigging wrap, he, you know, most of us, like, my mentality is get this dang fish in the boat. Like, keep tension on the rod, get in the boat, em. you know, and then do the old KVD and, you know, get it over the side <laughs> of the boat and then duck and cover because the jig wrap might hit you in the face. Um, but he actually, when he sets the hook, he slowly reels it in. Really? Yep. And he just keeps total pressure on it. And, uh, and he thinks he loses less fish doing Yep, that. and he does the same thing with chubs. Rigging huh. chubs. Yep, because he, and he's had times where when, well, he, when, when it grabs the chub, they're, they're not, not always, always hooked, hooked, and he says, this that steady pressure, sure. that fish just swims towards swims, the bowl. Yeah. It doesn't ever really think much is up. Right. And also you just scoop it up. Oh, man. So you might have to not, try. I, I'm not patient enough to just do sure. a real. I have had some clients in the last week who... You know, fishing like eight feet of water have taken three minutes to feel to reel a sixteen inch walleye up. <laughs> that drives me nuts. And I'm just thinking, I hope this fish doesn't get off. You right. know, because you're right. hoping every fish matters. You know. Yeah. Um. And so, but he he reels really slow. But I'm more of aggressive. Just get in the boat. And uh, but to me, the uh, the equipment is a big big part. Sure. You know. And so I've got that dialed in now. I think pretty well. Uh. And then for me, I I think where I got my confidence was finally figure out the cadence. 
And because there is a definite cadence mm-hmm. to when your jigger happen. And what's funny is sometimes you have a client do it, and some days it's it's a totally different cadence. Like I've had clients in the boulder just up there, just kind of like, you know, checking their phones, sure. not like jigging it like every thirty seconds, and they're the one catching fish on it. Sure. Um, and so I think you got to be able to be one to change the cadence up. And I think also cadence depends on the size of the jig and wrap. And if you're mm. casting it versus vertical jigging it. And so I've messed around a lot with that. We have, as a guide service, a lot of us use them. And I mean, like, so we've, I always have two rigged up in my boat. They're always sitting there yep. right by me. I can cast it out quick. Yeah. yeah. And, you, I uh, mean, you can sort of rule it in or out yeah. real quick, you know, because yeah. it's a bait you can fish really quickly and not get in anybody's way. Like as a guide, yeah. like right. you're tucked in the corner. You don't want to get in anybody's way. I'm going to quick try this, and then if yeah. it's it, then we'll get everybody on the program. Yeah, yeah. And so, but to me, it's a very, it's a, you, you jig it, and the, it's also, I, I've seen people who, like, they, like, flail their whole arm, yeah. you know, and, like, that's not, and I try to tell them, like, that's not how you do it. I mean, everything to me is, like, a lever. It's from your elbow to your wrist. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's just a quick, short movement between your elbow and your wrist. Sure. And, this is uh, the football coach in you right it now. It is. Technical skills. Sure. Fundamentals. <laughs> and, let's, uh, let's break it down and make it real yep, simple. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, uh, but it's funny because sometimes when you guide, people are like, that looks like a lot of work yeah. and they're kind of intimidated by it. Yeah. But when they catch one, they're like, that was a lot of fun. It's a hell of a lot more work yeah. than Lindy Riggin. Oh, 10 times. Yeah. Right. But it, you know? just that when you, when you pick it up and there, there he is, you yeah. know, and you are lifting up like it's your jig stroke and it's like, holy, wah, and your freaking rods bent in half and it's just dogging you. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes it all <laughs> worth it, dude. And I think brain's Ooh. nice too. Cause sometimes when it, like if it hits what I like, it's like a leech. You fish so much sand. Yep. And so when that thing hits the sand, I think that's an immediate attraction for the yeah. fish. Just like a crayfish. And so there's times when you use braid where you can feel that fish slurp it up off it the up. bottom. Sure. And then you're like, oh, there's one. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. so I think it's it almost gives you a little bit of an advantage. You know, whereas the guys with mono, they're never really ever feeling the bite. Right. Or, they probably do every now and then. But nine times out of ten, it's all, if it's, it's vertical, like jig fish. If they're vertical, yeah. they're going to feel it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I I hear you. I do think, like, one clarifying point, too, is that, like, in, in my opinion, a pretty important part of fishing it is, like, a, you are, your jig stroke is pretty aggressive compared to, like, you're not just bumping a jig in yep. a minnow. It's like, a foot and a half, two foot pull. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then also letting it settle all the way to the bottom. Right. Like, yep. not swimming the bait. Like, like it, it's, it's difficult when you're on a steep break and you're casting up on top. It's very difficult to let that thing set, get back down to bottom because a lot of times you end up letting more line out. Correct. Um, and that's one thing where a lot of people will go wrong is they'll, they'll jig it and they'll let it sit for a couple of seconds. And if you don't let more line out, that, that jig wrap is going to almost, it's going to pendulate down and it's break. just going to keep coming down the break and you're going to miss a ton of area where there could be a fish. Well, that's what I told people, my kids, I told them like, you have to, when you jig it, you have to follow the bait back. And I think people, that's, that's what you're, they, they hear, then that bait. Right. And, you know, never by by following it back, you're actually giving it line. Right. So if you are fishing in a more gradual area, you're able to always keep contact. Right. With the bottom. Right. But you know, and it's endless amounts of colors. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah. And we were just like before we started. The problem with this whole podcast is we had the three of us together for like 20 minutes talking. And about it was fishing. all stellar it content. So we're trying to replicate it. So Jason, you brought up that like switching colors is like can be. Like, just because you fish your favorite color and you don't get bit, like, it's worth trying a couple different colors. Yep. Yeah, you know, it's and like... even if, like, you get a couple on one color, you might switch after after a little bit. Yeah. The more I learn about, the more I read and the more I watch and the more I do this jigger app thing, the more I correlate it to bass fishing. 
Sure. Or maybe even musky fishing, for that mm-hmm. matter. Like, you know, when the guys musky fish and they get a follow or they see something. They see that one fish. And then they come back later and they either throw the, or they maybe just change it up. Yep. Sure. You know, and I think bass fishing is like, think about all the rods those guys have laying on their front deck. And so they throw a jig and a pig in there and they don't get bit, but they know that 10 pound bass is sitting sure. there. And then they go and they grab a different boom and then bang. You know, and so I think with jigging wraps, a switch in color can sometimes mean a just getting bites. And I've had that, like, you'll cast and you'll catch three, four, five, and you'll get on a good spot, and then all of a sudden the bite stops. And so I wonder, did the fish scatter? We, we were talking about that, too. Like, right. do the fish get scared off by it? Do they go to the bottom? Because, like, you were saying, like, and I do agree, like, after a while they just kind of, like, I think they duck and cover. Like, sure. I don't want anything to do with this right. thing because that's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I have found that, like, you cast out, and then you catch three, four, and then all of a sudden it goes dead. That it's almost if you know the fish are there, it's, you grab another one, and you throw it out. It's almost immediately, bang. Well, I think in general, like whatever change you make, whether it's to the jig and wrap right away or a color change or something, like the good thing about it is you get it pretty immediate feedback. Like yeah. don't do it for fifteen minutes over the same school of fish. Correct. Like don't do the same color, same thing. For 15 minutes over the same school of fish, they are proving to you that they don't want whatever you're doing. Right? You can change a color, or you can sh- get away from it, but you're not doing yourselves any favors by continuing to do the same thing over and over. Which is different, in my opinion, than like rigging. Right. I was just gonna bring. That I will. Up. I'll soak fish sometimes and have it be like that. Can be the determining factor. Like yep. I just have to give these fish enough time, enough different looks at at a yep. rig and a leech or a rig and a chub. Jig and wraps is instant gratification yep. right like if you're going to catch them it's going to be right now right it's the ultimate search and destroy right yeah, yeah. it is yeah. And like in the summer like all that's what i use to pre-fish like if i'm looking for a guide spots sure like especially mid-summer you know it's you basically pop or even this time here like oh there's a school of fish i'll just quick flip it on it and it's like you don't know because sometimes it could be suckers you, know, sure. you just don't know and, and if yeah. all of a sudden it's a walleye and all of a sudden you catch two walleyes like okay i found i found a spot yeah. and that's good and so and that's a whole nother way to use it right you know, but it, it is ultimate. It is the ultimate search, and it's it's everywhere now. It's now the number one selling right rap lure out there. Right. Yep, better than the number five. Think how many yeah. number fives you've got in your tank number box. five shot wraps. Yeah, yep, you've got a pile of them, right? And you probably don't use that many of them. And I think what's happened too is guys have figured out like when it, for many. I think for a while people thought you know midsummer, late summer, reaction bite fisher, you know yep. dog days of summer. But I think now guys are figuring out like. You can catch fish on these in May, sure. June. It, do you do anything different with your cadence? Because I am, I am one of those guys yep. you described. Yeah. No. So I like in the spring, you know those, which I don't know because it's all double standard. Because think about it, you use these things in the winter, right. and how cold is the water in yeah, the winter? Right. Sure. You know, thirty-nine winter, degrees actually. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but in the, but <laughs> I would say like this time year now when this starts to warm up, the water gets close to seventy degrees. It's far more aggressive. Sure. Keeping that thing really rolling. Whereas in the spring, I do a lot more short pops, you know, Almost where that like thing is maybe just, maybe, yeah, maybe going up. Yeah, it's a lot like snap jigging, yep. you know. And uh, and so I just pop it, and then I always want to make sure that thing hits the sand and sits there. Sure. You know, and then pop it again, hit the sand, you know, and then I'm always messing around with cadence. And even in the fall, there's been times where it's like, let it sit for like 30 seconds. Yeah. I've, and they'll I've come in, and, and so it's almost like, you know, they're so inquisitive, like, huh, what's that thing doing? Sure. And then wait for it to move, right. bang, right. you know, they're there. So... And occasionally, like, I think you get a couple that are sitting there looking at it, and then you go to jig it, and you just hit them right in the face with it, you know? Like, they don't yeah. have a choice in the, in the matter. <laughs> well, there is no better bite when you mark a fish, and you drop it down on them, especially vertical jig. It's like, sure. it's right now. Yeah. That thing hits, and boom. 
who was it? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know this guy, but I, I know who he is. Dylan Mackey. Yep. Uh, he had a video from his MWC tournament a couple years ago. On cast. On cast. Yep. And he had the whole thing in like fast forward. And it was a great video, you know, like it, they were fishing jigging wraps and, you know, his partner was casting and then he netted a couple fish for his partner and he's up at the bow of the boat and you see him, he glances back at his graph. He runs a, he runs a tiller, glances back at his graph and runs back there and pitches it right below the boat and doesn't even get, he doesn't get one stroke in and there's like a big fish yeah. on there. And, like, you can mark them, like, the whole idea behind power bobbing, which we haven't talked about, but, like, marking fish and trying to catch those particular yep. fish. Jigging wrap's a pretty good way to do that, too. Oh, for, for sure. And what's crazy is, like, in North Dakota, on Devils, those guys use, they got their, you know, in Minnesota, we all have bigger right arms because when those guys who jig wrap, we have these massive right, like, <laughs> biceps on our right arms, you know? But, like, in North Dakota, those guys who jig oh, yeah, two rods. Two arms. Yeah. We do them both, and, like, imagine, like, one here and drop this one. one here. <laughs> so I just think those guys are far more balanced physically. You know? <laughs> Whereas you know, we're here. You'd be this. good on on this side of the canoe. Yes. <laughs> Don't but, ask me to to paddle or uh, to do a rowboat. I can canoe. <laughs> and what's interesting now is now other companies are getting into making. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, you there's got the all, puppet minnow and you got the shiver minnow and you know and the, the Johnny darters and then and the Phantoms all. got one too, and like it's not like those. I, I wanted to bring this up. Like uh, they're 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 not necessarily reinventing the wheel. But they're just improving upon the wheel, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I, my, I, I love the Johnny Darters. I freaking love them. Um, Real big back hook. And that's what it is. I think it's yeah. the little bit of rattle and that big back hook. It seems like those fish don't get like you when you stick a fish with those. They are pinned, you yeah. know. Where with those J wraps, even if you bend those hooks out, which you should bend the hooks out. Um, it You're seems talking like about the nose hook and the tail hook. Yeah, right? on those jigging wraps, um, but it seems like you just get those fish to come up a lot easier when you're using the the Johnny Darter. I mean, the Shiverman, I'm sure, is the same because it's got that big all back hook too. But yeah, um, do you find that cadence is different on the? Johnny I haven't Darter? found that. I fish it. I'm not one to play around with cadence. I found something that works. Yeah. I just keep doing it, which is probably wrong, but. I'm pretty stubborn in my old age. <laughs> but I have heard, I've heard like with the shiver minnows, guys yeah. who have had last success with the shiver minnows say it's a different cadence. Yes, yeah, for sure. You know, maybe that's just because the profile of the bait, right. you know, has a little bit more of an arc right. to the bait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more shape, like more like a banana. They go yep. nose down yep. a lot yep. more than like the drinking ramp. But to me, it's almost like going back to square one. Like, so you grab one of those. Yeah, now you got to. You got to figure out what that cadence is right. or what fits it. Right. You know? And especially guiding. Like, yep. all right, so you got a shiver minnow. You yep. got to do this. You got a jigging ramp. Yep. You got to do this. Yeah, you know, but then like then even things like ripping wraps, and I mean it's it's really endless, you know, right. snap jigs, and you know that's like I pick some of those up this summer, and I still haven't got a ton of confidence in them yet. No, but either. I'm sure that there's something to it for sure, you know, it's lighter and you right. know. So I heard, I, I've heard guys water. use number fives, right? You know, for walleyes too. Mm. But I've, so, uh, but I also heard that if if a pike grabs it, it's all but gone. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm a little amazed at how few pike I catch on. Them. I would agree with that. I I catch some pike on them. But very, very, like, not nearly as many as I'd think. Like, they, they scream pike, and for some reason, I don't catch a lot of them on it. And I think maybe they just don't like to pin stuff against the bottom or go after stuff on the... I, they want I an know. easier target than a crayfish. You know, that's something that kind of appears like a crayfish, because, I mean, that's what they I They want think a dumb of. perch. Right, yeah. right. They want a middle that's just kind of chilling out. Yeah. You know, they're opportunists. They're not going to necessarily react like a... It could be how they hunt. I mean, you know, right. oftentimes pike, I think, are off, off yeah, the bottom more, and they're hunting more, where I think, you know, think about walleyes. Sometimes they're nice and perched up off the bottom, but mm-hmm. a lot of times they're kind of scooting along the bottom. Right. And so maybe it's, sometimes they're just, 
Yeah, you might not even, like a lot of the, especially the bigger pike, you know, they, they're probably four or five feet off the bottom a lot of the time, so your jig stroke might not even yeah. get their attention. You might just be under them most of the time. Now, Jason, do you have a, I, I'm asking this because I have one. So do you have like a, like a distinct memory of like the first time that you were successful with a jig and wrap, like a defining moment? Well, actually, once it's, it's one of our other guys was with me. And so it took me like a year to kind of finally get some confidence. And for a while it was vertical jigging, mm-hmm. you know, you know, deeper water, like on the Western side, like in the Walker Bay and some of those areas on sure. those humps and stuff. Um, but then one night we was out with one of our guides, Jim Ernster, and we had marked a pot of fish kind of off the edge of a hump. And he was kind of like me, kind of still learning it. And I just, for, I don't know, I just all of a sudden picked up on the cadence and I, it was like, I caught 10 fish, like on 10 casts. Sure. Like right now. And he didn't catch one. And I still give him a hard time. About it. <laughs> and, uh, and, but it was like the light bulb came on. Like, sure. Okay. I just figured out what kind of cadence this needs to be. Right. And that's where to me, like casting them mm-hmm. is what I love to do. It's deadly. I, yeah. You know, vertical jigging, you know, it's good, especially in the fall. You know, you can, you can sit on those fish and vertical jig them and, and it works well. Even in the summer when you're kind of like, you can sit on those fish. Like I drive around and all of a sudden I see a fish and boom, put my, you yep. know, put a reverse quick and hover on them. And, yep. But uh, I love casting them. Yeah. Just because you're covering more ground. And with as clear as Leech Lake is, especially if you're fishing shallow flats and things like that, you can bomb cast these things sure. mm-hmm. and cover a lot of ground. Yep. And I think the tournament guys almost exclusively cast them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's maybe a few applications. Not that they won't vertically jig if they have a screen that looks really good, but your footprint is so much bigger if you're going to cast it 25 yards and work it back towards the boat, you know? And I think that's even changed in the last two years. I think when, first, when they kind of first came on the scene, most guys were... Deep water, vertical mm-hmm. jigging them. And yeah. now I think guys have realized that I can cast these. I can cast them up onto a hump, and I can work them down the break. Okay. I can cast sand flats with them. Right. You know, just, they just don't work very good in rocks. <laughs> I've lost a few. Thinking I was going to go find this, like, magic bite, jigging wrap bite on, like, rock edges. Right. Or, just can't. Yeah. Shallow it just rocks doesn't work very well. This is, how des- this is how desperate I can get with jigging wraps. So, like, last summer I was on Lake Vermilion. It was right after mm-hmm. the hatch. Ooh, shelfy rocks too. Yeah, and uh, the the fish were fat and lazy, and but you could get them to bite on a jigger app every now and then. And so they were sitting on these mud rock transitions, and I mean, like you could pound it, and they just they would nail it. And then for some reason, Vermilion, they're just built like those. Where those Canadian Shield walleyes are like mm-hmm. walleyes on steroids. Yeah, right, like right. they fight harder, and like mm-hmm. I honestly lost the first ten fish I had on jigger app. I was. <laughs> I almost went to mono. I almost went to mono. Like, I got that. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Loosen the drag. And, um, but so you pitch them into these areas and these transition areas. And I was like, in the first two days, I went through like 20 jigging wraps. I'm like, that's so a big bill. That's how desperate I was. Here you so go, I got online and I was ordering them <laughs> to come, to, to, come down, to come to the cabin we were staying at. And the worst part is over the holiday. And so they didn't show up till Friday. <laughs> You leave Saturday? Yep. <laughs> so then when you go to, uh, you know, then you go to into town, you go to Cook or into those tower and those places, like, they look at you like, hey, hey, jigging wraps? And they look at you like, that's a that's a winter thing. And right, like, right. They're like, yeah, we maybe got, got two them. over there. And you walk right. over there and they're like, number some the number threes, random yeah. color. They <laughs> right. like, had been the on the shelf packaging? for 25 years. Yeah. Which, so then I'm like, oh, might as well. You know, so I buy <laughs> right. them. And, uh, but I did one time found a color and I won't disclose this color because sure. it's like, and I, oh, I can no longer. I lost it, and and it was a color I found in at uh, in Park Rapids at one of the bait shops, and it like, I swear I had to dust off the jigging wrap, <laughs> you know, because it was and it was faded, and I'm like, huh, 
that's a good looking color. I'm going to try that. <laughs> and it proceeded for like a year and a half to be like the number one producer. <laughs> and then awesome. I lost it. And the re- is the reason, you know, Jason, is the reason you don't want to tell us is that because it's chewing bug? Oh my God. It's got to right. be. You, know, you could get custom painted. Oh, I've done that too. Ooh. Custom painted June bug oh digging rod. Oh my god! All right, take my money I know, now. I know a Just guy. Just take it all. I know a guy. We're gonna let Will clean the slobber off his Ooh. face. We're gonna take a little break. Uh, maybe just a couple more things about digging wraps once we're done or once we're back, and then uh, we'll give you a weekend preview. So the first time I started jigging wrap or jig wrapping, uh, it was one of my. It was my first year guiding, and we had caught fish all morning in this little sand area it was like it was just a big flat you know it gradually broke up to the rocks you know and we'd had a good good morning there like solid morning caught like 10 fish whatever and that bite kind of slowed down so we went to another spot and that was okay caught a couple more and then we went back there and it's just it's it is sugar stand you know there's not much for weeds out there and i just so had like i happened to have like five or six jig wraps in the boat well, I just tied it on to my, you know, jigging rod because I had never done it before. And this was during a guide trip. And so I'm like, I gotta, I've got to just try it. You know, I know there's fish here. And I pitched it out like 15 feet. And it was my first cast. And I like kind of like jigged it aggressively, you know, halfway aggressively. Not as aggressively as I work now, but I'm like a little bit better than a jig stroke. And all of a sudden it's on. And I caught like three fish doing that. And that was like the moment that I'm like, these things are so legit, you know? <laughs> and I handed it to a customer, and he caught a couple fish. And uh, it was, like, the defining moment that these things absolutely work. And it turned, like, our slower... It was a full day, too, so it turned, like, my slower afternoon into, like, yeah, we just boated, like, seven fish with these things. Sure. My first time with the, like... I, I have the same programs used. I use braid line. I use seven-foot medium with fast tip HMG um, with fluorocarbon leader like that's my program now but I was using it six pound mono and you know whatever I had available because I just didn't you know you, you learn as you go um, that was that was definitely a very cool moment yeah oh it was cool I yeah I think I so just like a quick breakdown of like the tech thing like seven I don't think you want anything much shorter than seven feet right yeah i'll use a shorter one uh in the fall like when i'm vertical jigging so like a six even like a six three six six just because you're kind of i feel like it's like if you have one that's a little longer when you're over the you know you have too much kind of cumbersome dipping in the water yep so i like to be able to use a little shorter one in the uh in the fall just because it's just right over side the boat sure but like i i use a medium fast action but it's a tfo rod that's like one of mine that i use and it's a pretty stiff fast action and i get a lot of like, just for people who are going to try it, I get a lot of, like, it t- will twist my tip a lot. You know, when you go into your jig stroke yep. and, and the line will twist around your tip. Yep. And I think that is less likely to happen when you have, like, a true fast action with, like, a more supple tip. Yep. So, like, an HMG is probably a pretty good pick where, like, it is, like, a true fast action. And extra fast, if, if you're unfamiliar, extra fast is going to be a little bit more rigid. Like, your tip is going to be more rigid. And I think that's really what I probably have in that TFO is an extra extra fast. And that's annoying, you know, but just something to keep in mind. Like, if you're frustrated because your line's getting twisted, it might be less about your rod or line and more about your rod. And then, like, I always have a snap on it so that I can 
just like a crank crankbait snap so I can switch colors. Jason, you said you tie straight yep. to it yep. quite often. And then uh, I use 15-pound fluoro. Yep. What do you use for you know, uh, 12, to, 12? 12 to 15, yep. Okay. I think heavy, heavier than like what most guys are comfortable or used yep. to using walleye fishing. And that's just because it gets nicked up and gets like you're you smashing You put that, that thing, thing through around. hell. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And you don't want to awesome. lose a $8 bait every time you you know, are smashing into a rock. And that brings up to I me, mean, when you are tying direct, you should make sure you almost retie every day. Sure. Yep. You know, yep. because you have to, because you are, it is taking a beating. And if right. that thing is going through any kind of, you know, gravel or anything like that, it's, oh, you and know, you it's see, gonna, it's gonna lose some it. of those fish, like your jig and wrap, it's a, what is that? A four inch jig and wrap. They disappear, you know, they're in its mouth, yeah. you know, and walleyes have sharp teeth too. You know, yep. they're going to nick your line just as well as a pike's going to. You know? yeah. yeah, there have been times we've had to like actually go in through the gills to, right. to pop them out right. because yeah. they inhale them Especially so much. when they catch them, like yep. what you were describing, that yep. little tick on the drop. When they catch them like that, often <sighs> you can't even see the jig and wrap when the fish is coming in. I would so love cool. to, if, you know, if you've seen like those water wolf cameras, you know, that you could attach to your oh, right. and be oh, so yeah. sweet if you could like actually watch these fish hit it sometimes. <sighs> I'd love it. <sighs> That's where the braid's cool because you, when that thing is falling, you know that sometimes they're just inhaling it. Right, yeah. <sighs> I like it with like... When you're vertically jigging, and then like it doesn't like it doesn't the bottom's the not bottom. there. Like, yeah. All right, right, it's still slack. I'm holding my rod. They're like, oh, there's probably a fish down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love just hogging them into. Oh. All right, thirty-two minutes of jig and wrap talk. I bet we'll do another one. That was too. some of the we, best we thirty-two minutes of my life. Jig and wrap's two point oh. I think that's about as most never, the most fun you can have with your pants on. Sequel is never as good. <laughs> uh, yeah, fish them, folks. Um, Dan? Week in preview. How was your week? My week was pretty good. I got off the main lake, or got off a of leech lake a uh, fair amount. Fish some of the, I feel like, we made me mention it last last week, the little lakes are starting to heat up. Like, oh, yeah. You can find, like, good schools of fish out there. Nice big pods. Yep, and they're, they're a little bit more likely to bite than, like, the pods on leech lake. And so I had, I had a good couple days. You know, you're not going to catch 40 fish on these little lakes, but you can catch 15. And you're going to have quality fish on a lot of these little lakes. Yeah. And, it, and that, I don't know if we ever mentioned it, but it is for sure the 2013 year class. That's like those 18, 19 right. inches on those lakes are, those are five-year-old That was fish, the year that had the, that we had ice on during the opener. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. maybe we'll be talking about the 2018 year class. Right. Uh, mostly rigging. Um, I did have a, a decent jigging wrap day on my own and then had customers out there doing it and they, <laughs> they didn't want a jigging wrap. I'm like, this is going to be it. All right, let's try rigging. And then they we were catching started catching them. Rigging. So mostly rigging leeches and crawlers. That's been my story. Uh, east side humps still have fish on them. You can still get them to go. Not everyone's biting. Okay. That's what I'm going to keep doing. I imagine Jason, you're probably the same way. Like we were talking about spinners are like, on our mind yep. could be any day. Yeah, spinner bite is one of my favorite bites, and I've tried to will it. <laughs> Sometimes you can't will it. And, uh, no, for me, I, the last couple days have been a little more slow, but uh, a really good beginning of the week, uh, towards the end of last week, and then through the weekend. But it's been uh, mainly rigging, rigging crawlers, rigging leeches. Crawlers have been probably the best for me. Um, but uh, just getting that bait out, out away from the boat and, and working it fairly quickly. And uh, it's fun when they bite a crawler. That's a that is a fun bite when they yeah. when they nail a crawler. But yeah, and for us on the west on the west side of the lake, it's been um, anywhere you know shoreline breaks you know like fourteen to eighteen feet of water depending on if it's any wind or sometimes shallower if it's really windy. But then 
um, with all the bugs that are starting to hatch, we're starting to see a lot of bugs on the yeah. west end of the lake that uh, those mud transition areas, there's a lot of fish hanging out in those areas. So the key is, I think, being there when they bite. Sure. You know, because I was fishing yesterday and there was a nice pot of fish right out, right in the edge of the mud. And I tried to will those things and I think I caught one and finally gave up on them, you know. But but you know they're there, it's just you just got to be there at the right time. The right day. You're going to hit it just right one of these days and it's going to work out. Yep. Um, I had a pretty good week. Um I'm still I'm still catching fish on shiners. Um, last like yesterday during league, we won league last night. Um, that was all of our fish came on shiners. I I drug a leech and a crawler around, and it was I caught a couple sunfish. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean we're on the edge of the weeds, you know, and like where I would think a rig would do just fine, and I couldn't get them to go. And then uh, earlier in the week. We ended up, we were on Inguadona, found some nice fish out deep. I couldn't get them to go. Um, I think they're probably going now. Um, but then I went into the weeds and we caught, you know, good number of keepers and a muskie on a jig on jigs and minnows. Nice. Um, I've caught a few fish on crawlers. Last week I had a good, really good day on crawlers. Um, but yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm clinging to that minnow bite as long as I can. <laughs> They're All still, the way until there's... September when it hits back up again. <laughs> See, I told you. It's a jig and minnow thing. Right? Oh, I love it. I freaking love it. I do. I'm pretty optimistic. It's what? It's July 19th today? July June, 20th, June. June. Yeah, it's not July yet. I mixed Take her back a month. June 20th? June 19th? We haven't hit the dog days yet. Anyway, I think we're going to probably go through. I think that from June 20th till the 4th of July is going to be the best stretch of that time period that I've had since I've started guiding. The I best, think, I think like the best late be June to good. early July ever. Yeah. yeah. I think with the late, I think we sped up so fast in May yep. that I think everybody kind of thought we caught up. But I do think in reality though, it we're actually behind a little yeah. bit, you know, yep. like the bugs, like in, in Walker Bay, there was actually more mayflies in Walker Bay than the main lake. Right. That's pretty good. And that's usually the polar opposite. Yeah, you know, Walker right. Bay, you know, you go to the main lake and then you just kind of follow the mayflies back and uh, and so i kind of wonder if like you were saying like if some of this main lake you know spinner bite you know one of the things i like to do is, is pull slow death sure you know and because of the mayflies and everything that, and so that is like the best replica don't yeah. you think of? yep yep so I, and so like i said they may get very well just light switch could come on and, and they could because i've always thought that when the, the bugs are hatching i think it's usually can be some of the best fishing on the lake i agree but I also think that this year we're maybe getting a different type of bug hatch too. We're yep. like we're gonna maybe see them for a while longer than we're used to, but we're not gonna see the masses yep. of, of bugs all at the same time. Yep. Which I think is probably when people talk about the like real bad bug hatch shutdown, it's like where the whole lake goes It all goes once. in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that's I don't think we're gonna get that this year. That I mean you think about it, that's like a that is so much life coming out of the water mm-hmm. at one time. Mm-hmm. It's like that is tons of life coming from the water. It's like the pizza ranch buffet down there. <laughs> they got crayfish, they got perch, they got mayflies, they got minnows, they got everything. They just, right. you know, pick what they want to eat that day. <laughs> so, do you see, real quick question, do you see these mayfly hatches happening as much on these smaller lakes? Uh, not near, like, woman gets a pretty bad one. Okay. Um, in other lakes, you know, like you'll hear people talk about like yeah, there's like little boy all and, over the and big little and boy, stuff. big boy, and blah, blah. they yeah. have some, but like a lot of these smaller lakes don't have much of a hatch at all. Yeah. It's not like the so like my like what I think it's bad is when the graph is bad, yeah. you know. And woman gets bad on the graph. 
leech gets bad, yeah. obviously, on yep. the graph. But the other ones, you'll see some little little bursts, but it's not like, all right, every time I'm over the basin, there's, like, I can't even yep. read the screen. That's not the case on most of the smaller ones. So, and, like, I mean, yeah, it's tough, but, like, that's a very good thing to have happen on our lakes. Oh, for like, sure. That is a lot of food that feeds a lot of different critters out yeah, there. Not yep. just not just underwater, but, you know, oh, yeah. above, too, yeah. you know, on dry land. Yeah. Everything eats them. They're a pain in the butt. But they're kind of beautiful, too. Like, if you're right in the, the mayfly, like, the adult mayfly hatch, like, that's, it's kind of cool to see. I don't need to drive my tiller through It's them, like, but, it's like smoke. Yeah. When they start hatching, you know. It's like. Yeah. People are pretty grossed out by them. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask them if they want to go for a swim, you know. <laughs> All right, the, the, like, sheets of dead ones are, yeah, they're pretty gross. Oh, I used to, I used to have to rake the beach at a resort. Well, I, I've only done it a couple times, but. Uh, my siblings used to work there, and I'd have to help out. And it's it is disgusting yeah. when they roll up on the beach. That's and there's a whole bunch of is, little there's a whole bunch of little white critters like crawling through them, and it's like Ugh! it's all about the wind, you know. So like the guys on the south side are just praying for a south wind right. when yep. that hatch happens. Right. And if that happens, they don't have to deal with that. Oh, life's they get, good. They get four days of a north wind during the hatch, and they rake and for you, like a week and a half. You think about like how big leech is. It's like. 20 miles of, if it's blowing north, it's 20 miles right. north worth yep. of mayflies. If it's blowing mayflies. south, it's 20 miles worth. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's just a lot of life to roll up on a beach. Yeah. <sighs> Man. It's a good thing it wasn't during Leech Lake Walleye Tournament. Oh, my God. These mayflies would have been pushed off the water onto people's windows. <laughs> 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 the five, six footers on Sunday afternoon. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> All did, right, you, well, did you end up going to the main lake on that? Tur- no. During? Oh, yeah. I, I didn't. No, my uh, partner Chuck and I, we made the decision it uh, it wasn't worth it that day. It's safer here. <laughs> much safer. Dan, not Dan, not so much. Not so much. I didn't have a real good. Uh, I didn't either. I, I just went there and did it. We had fun. I'll tell, I'll tell that story for years. Yeah. And I didn't spear one, you know. Right. I, I, That's because you're a bo- good boat driver. Most of the time. Yeah. We That's we did take one in Walker Bay. During the tournament, oh, really? where if uh, anybody follows the show Deadliest Catch, mm-hmm. it was very similar to that, <laughs> where we uh, we speared one in Walker Bay, and you could see it, like you know when you're driving, you're there's like, a road. That's yeah. not a good wave, right. and then it's like two feet taller than all the other waves, you know. And I'm like hitting Chuck, I'm like that's a big wave, <laughs> and all of a sudden we went down into the wave, and it, it was just like it came over the top of the boat, <laughs> and it didn't like water never even touched the bow, like the bow was dry. <laughs> And we were, and, and we were, it was like in Deadliest Catch when those waves come over and like you disappear. Like sure. we disappeared for two seconds. Like the water and people, and I had somebody saw it and they saw me like two weeks later, like, Hey, we saw you spear that wave. I'm like, yeah. So we were like sunny and we were soaked. So, but yeah. Oh, God. All That's right. Before cool. we sign off, Jason, um, will you do a quick rundown? Like if people are interested in leisure outdoors and looking for a fishing trip, you want to give them some information about how to find you? Yep. Yep, so we're uh, just on leisureoutdooradventures.com and uh, as well as uh, Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And otherwise, our phone number is just one eight five five loa hook and then I'll be the guy that answers the phone, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. <laughs> That's a pretty good phone number to get. It is. It is. We, you know, I, I don't know if we had to pay for that, but it's a cool number. <laughs> Worth the money. Yes. So, yep. And like we, so, we spare no expense. <laughs> we cover a big area, so whether it's uh, leech or blacks or... Brainerd or wherever we can kind of we try to cover a pretty big area so makes it fun 
But if you want real fishermen around the Longville area, you talk to Dan Ryan. Right? I'll be around. I'm going to hire him. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Walleye Talk, episode 12. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Please like and share. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks, Jason.